Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Welcome, everyone, to Week 15, the Thursday edition of the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and we are here breaking down the Thursday edition, the weekly pick'em, the Battle for LA section. We have so much to talk about, and we have a guest coming in to help us talk about it. But first, first I want to discuss the Los Angeles Chargers, and they have the biggest game of their season coming up. So let's dedicate some time to breaking down this wonderful Chargers team and the chance that they have. It's right there in front of them to get this division. But first, what did they do on Sunday? Diggity dangles. They did exactly what they needed to do. The score of that game against those woeful Bengals was... Uh, it was 26-21, to 21, the final, from the StubHub Center. I think they did just enough to win that Bengals game. I think that outcome was never in doubt. It was closer than we all thought it would be, but, Brian, I think you'd agree with me. There was no chance the Chargers were going to lose that game at any point. I don't think so at all. I think uh, I think Melvin Gordon not being there was the, was the X factor, and I yeah. think a lot of them, like we talked about, I think they just got out with the win. Yep. And a healthy uh, team. Exactly. They got, they, they, nobody got hurt. And they got the win. They move on because the big game of the season on a short week's rest. And I also think it's the same reason why we saw a lot of Austin Eckler and not a lot of Justin Jackson because they were holding some things back against the Bengals to unveil them against this Kansas City opponent that comes on Thursday night. Brian, you want to give us the official rundown of the upcoming game for the Los Angeles Chargers because it's a big one. So the Los Angeles Chargers go to Kansas City to face off against the high-powered Chargers Chiefs on Thursday night at 520 Pacific Standard Time. This is probably the best Thursday night game of the season. Woo. 10 and 3 at 11 and 2. They played each other earlier this year and Kansas City won this game, but if Los Angeles comes away with a victory here, we have a tie not only atop the AFC West, but atop the AFC. Period. This is a huge 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 game. You have to feel really good because the Kansas, uh, the the Los Angeles Chargers currently are sitting so evenly uh, in every every category, statistical category, whether it be offense, defense, passing, rushing. Yep. They're in the top uh, top twelve in every good Absolutely. statistical category against the Kansas City Chiefs, who can't find defense no. to save their life no. and are still trying to find a way to be as powerful without Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, losing Kareem Hunt for them is huge. We thought they'd be able to overcome it with Spencer Ware and this kid Williams, a rookie that they have, but it's clear that they are not the same team without Kareem Hunt. He is a game changer. That passing offensive Mahomes might be amazing still, but without the ability to run the ball, they kind of become, you can figure them out. Baltimore kind of figured out what they could do. Dangles Kansas City, they're probably the Chargers are probably playing the Chiefs at the exact right time on the calendar, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you could say that, but I will probably have to be the hammer here when I come in and say that in the last five seasons, the Chargers have not beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. They are 0 and nine uh, in their last nine meetings. And in those nine meetings, stat. the Kansas City Chiefs have only scored fewer than thirty points twice. Wow. Meanwhile, the Chargers have scored just three points twice in those nine <laughs> meetings. Uh, so just to give you a sense of just how badly the Chiefs have walloped the Chargers for the last five years that they've played against one another. Now, of course, these are two very different teams. The Correct. Chiefs have an exploitable defense. The Chargers are playing with more confidence than I've probably seen them playing with in several years, Correct. not to mention the high level their offense is playing at. We're not looking at your grandfather's or even your daddy's Chiefs and Chargers anymore. And we're throwing in the sort of uh, random, random dice roll that is Thursday night where literally anything can happen. 
Let me ask you, does Melvin Gordon play this game? I don't think so. Potentially. I don't think so. But 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 again, it it comes down to what are the Chargers willing to do? How much are they willing to? I mean, this is a game you have to play him in. If he's healthy, you got to play him. I I understand the push for the playoffs and that you're probably already in and the let's save him and let's make sure he doesn't get hurt. But this is still a game that, again, you haven't beaten this team in the last nine times you played them. They are the in-division matchup. And the Chargers are going to want to come out and make a statement because everybody's talking about the Chiefs. Nobody's talking about the Chargers this season. They're going to want to come out and smack them in the face and say, we're the kings of this division and we're the ones who you have to knock off the hill, not the Chiefs. I I think the Chargers are confident enough in the running backs that they have other than Melvin Gordon to go in here and say, we can still run our offense. I will say this, the backups for the Chargers running backs are 10 times better than the backups for the Chiefs running backs, and it's going to show in this game. I think they did not use uh, Justin Jackson a lot against this Cincinnati Bengals team on Sunday because they knew they had five days before their next game. I think Eckler's going to sit and Jackson's going to lead the way because he has the fresh legs, and I think they'll be just fine with or without Melvin Gordon, who's a game-changer in himself, obviously. It's worth noting also that the Chargers are the only team in the NFL with at least two running backs with 900-plus scrimmage yards this season. Yeah, The thing that concerns me about the Chargers is the advantage that you're going to be giving the Chargers in the the Kareem Hunt category. Mm -hmm. They're losing if they don't have Melvin Gordon. Are they though? I think so because let's 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 if you gave if you gave it a number scale and you made you, Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon are five on the on the Richter scale sure. zero being shitty, you might say Spencer Ware and and anybody else in the Kansas City is Chiefs a one. is a one or two at best, and you might what what would you give what would you give Eckler and and, and Johnson? I, I, I might give three, Eckler maybe, yeah, three. but Eckler That's has still not, an advantage. Eckler had a decent game last week, but he had a poor game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Correct, and and, and then they and then they had Jackson kind of pulling up the rear. So my my question is is it a running back problem or a running back uh, 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 situation or is it an offensive line situation correct because to me I think the Chargers are in a much better situation because of their offensive line and and the way Joey Bosa is playing mm-hmm. uh, on the other side against that Kansas City offensive line uh, the question to me is can these quarterbacks prevent the ball from being turned over I, I was it, it boggles my mind that Philip Rivers has only thrown six interceptions. I know. It feels like he's the thrown, old gunslinger. It feels like he's thrown twenty this year, and we just we just haven't given enough credit. Whereas Patrick Mahomes has thrown eleven mm-hmm. and has thro- and has thrown to thrown more balls up for grabs than I I would find more comfortable with if I were Andy Reid. I Reed. think that speaks to how good Philip Rivers is this year, though, he's because been every single past uh, year in the past, rather the big knock against oh, he's him good is for that 20 he throws too many picks. Yeah. yeah, he's good for twenty a year. It's it's so different now because this L.A. Chargers team, the team that you normally can pick holes against is coming in as the most complete team arguably in the NFL against a Chiefs team that has looked, uh, they've shown their weaknesses, the defense is exploitable, and Mahomes had to pull so many plays out of his ass last week to win a game that they should have won by a 1,000. And Andy Reid called it his best performance of the year, so yeah. that tells me that Andy Reid is, is seeing maturation in this young man. The one thing that concerns me about this, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers is how Jeff Driscoll played. Jeff Driscoll was 18 for 27, 170 yards and a touchdown and no interception. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Los Angeles Chargers, you've got to put up more of a defensive front if you're going to win this game at all. I mean, we know there's going to be points scored, but you've got to, got to put up a better performance against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I watched the replay again today of the uh, 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 the Chiefs-Baltimore game to see what Baltimore did to make Mahomes work as hard as he had to. And they sent so many people against that offensive line and got to Mahomes time and time and time and time and time again. Do you think Bosa and Ingram in the defense of line is enough to get after Mahomes, or do you think you need to send an extra blitzer or two and force the coverage people to cover one-on-one? I think it's going to be very important for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, rather the Los Angeles Chargers, to press the Kansas City Chiefs with their DBs, because what's interesting about the Kansas City Chiefs, they love their crossing routes, they yep. love their deep posts, yep. the, and and the tried-and-true method against stopping those plays from happening are bumping at the line, being physical, and being physical, and then relying on your linebackers to blitz and 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 make up, make up ground against yeah against the quarterback the problem is is that Patrick Mahomes is really good really really good when he's blitzed uh, yep. compared to a lot of the other young quarterbacks so I think that the recipe against this team is that you've got to have DBs who are physical who are willing to play man-on-man but also who are who are also adept at playing uh 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 cover two yeah. and, and mixing things up because that's the only way Patrick Mahomes has been bad is when he played teams like the Los Angeles Rams who mixed it up, who had those 
those those veterans DBs who are able to do both. It'll just be interesting to see if the if the Chargers can be that versatile on defense to mix it up enough because it's not just enough to blitz. It's not just enough to have DBs who are physical. It's enough to have DBs who are physical who can play cover two and they can mix mix match the blitzes. So no. it's 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 a very complicated scheme and I hope I hope the Chargers are up for it. Absolutely, uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Must watch TV Thursday night. Chiefs. Chargers, I cannot wait, but we have to do it. We have to make a pick for this game. We've been picking every game this whole entire NFL season, and at the end of the season, we're going to crown a new left coasters pick'em champion. Last week, the three coasters all went nine and seven. Not a good record, not a losing record, but we all went nine and seven. It's a funky which, week, which means all three of us are still only three games apart. Dangles leading the way. I'm one game behind Dangles. Brian, three games behind the crowd. So this game matters. This game is a toss-up. Chiefs, Chargers, we have to make a pick. We only have two weeks remaining. 32 games. Three games separate us. I'll go first. I'm going with the hometown Los Angeles Chargers. I think this is their moment. I think they defeat the Titan. I think they take the crown. I am ready for Kansas City to lose a game after they pulled one out of their butts against the Baltimore Ravens. The Chargers are going to beat the Chiefs. That is my prediction. What do you two say? I'm going to put my lot with the Kansas City Chiefs because I think being at home, the Kansas City Chiefs, who typically play well, uh, are are more than prepared to go against a team like the Chargers after facing a staunch defense like the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. I think the question will be, will the Chargers be able to put up their high-powered offense while putting up a good effort on defense? I don't know if I can rely on them to do that against a, a, a high-caliber team like the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, diggity dangles. Make a prediction, my man. I have the Chargers. Brian has the Chiefs. Break the tie. I think I have to go with the Chargers here. I think, I think they are uh, I think they're prime for a win. I, I You know, I, I, the, the home part, I, normally I would say Say that might be an issue, especially given how loud Arrowhead gets and how tough of a place that is to be on the road. But again, we've said it before: the Chargers don't really get phased by home or away because they don't really have a home crowd. Exactly. So uh, I don't think that's going to really matter to them so much. And I, especially if I think if, if Melvin Gordon plays, we could see a score the likes of what we saw Monday night for, between the Rams and the Chiefs. Like this could get out of hand really quickly. It'll this be could interesting. Get really high scoring. But I'm going to go with the Chargers in the end. Okay, so let's take a quick break before we continue the battle for LA section, talking about the Rams and make the weekly pick them because boys we have a guest that needs to enter this studio and we got to get him situated so we'll be right back after this quick little ram okay guys it's time for me to meet my maker for this whole entire season i have been talking about this team the team that we have a representative calling in the whole entire season this man that is called in right now has been waiting to get on this podcast to talk about his team but i have not allowed him to and over the past few weeks he has called me he has texted me he has knocked on my door. He has stopped me in the hallway or at least tried to. He has flagged down my car, and I have avoided him at every situation because I cannot stand to see his smiling and grinning face. Before I introduce him, I will say this about myself. For years, people have asked me, Tony, you're a Green Bay fan. Who is your least favorite team? Who is the team that you hate the most? And I had to think about it. I had to be like, well, I don't like Minnesota. Eh, I might not like Seattle, or I don't like the Giants. But I figured it out this year, folks, because for years— the Chicago Bears had Jay Cutler, and they were a laughing stock to me. They were so much fun to watch the Bears. But now, as I sit here and the Bears lead the NFC North, I can tell you it has been brought back to life. The team that I hate the most is the Chicago fucking Bears and fucking Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy. And today on this podcast, we have officially sitting in, calling in, representing the Chicago Bears. If you've listened to the Left Coast before, you've heard his voice introducing the NFC North champion, Chris Saunders. Welcome to the show, buddy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So tell me, what do you have to say about your Bears? You gloat all away. This is your moment to shine. It's not that I didn't call this. I mean, I, I totally did call. We were actually going to win 10 games, and I believe that I got laughed out of the room. Except mm-hmm. I was wrong because now it looks like we're going to win 12. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, what's it like having a young, brilliant offensive coordinator? I mean, oh, wait, you're, you're a Packers fan. You wouldn't know what that's like. Um. Uh-huh. Yeah, how about them Bears? I had to listen to you shitting all over the Bears last week. The For weeks. Rams were gonna, especially last week, how the Rams were going to mop the floor, how the Rams were going to beat us by multiple touchdowns. Yada, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And instead, we got treated to an absolutely glorious 60 minutes of the Rams 
shitting so hard and so fast that I think at one point through the third quarter, they had 98 yards of offense against my Bears defense. Well, let's go. We had the best, we had the best week of defense, fantasy-wise, all season. <laughs> we had four interceptions. The Rams came into the game averaging two points of giving to fantasy defenses. We scored 28. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Bears, the Bears, the best part about last night and the best part about the Vikings losing to Seattle is that we will clinch the North at home in week 15 versus the 83 seconds losing two challenges, Joe Philbin-led, interim head coach-led Green Bay Packers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We will clinch the North for the first time. We will be in the playoffs for the first time since 2007. No, 2010, I'm sorry. So after... Three long, hard years of the John Fox era in which we won a total of nine games. Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky have us at nine wins. Okay, okay. All right, let me stop you right there. Before, before, before you go on any further, we will pick oh, this. Keep going. We, we, we will pick this Chicago Green Bay game a little bit later in the pick'em section. I do want to ask you before we talk about uh, uh, the Rams' upcoming game and how your Bears stomped on them last week. Eric Nagy, right now. Yeah, I know what your vote is, but do you think he wins Coach of the Year? I don't think it's a contest. I think they're going to rename it the Matt Nagy Coach of the Year Award. <laughs> And in his honor, after after the John Fox era, only an actual genius could come in and do what he did. <laughs> I got a question for you, Saunders. The, coming from a, a middle-of-the-road Detroit Lions fan here, uh, I've seen both teams perform over the last you know 30 years, so I, I feel like I've got a good idea where both, both franchises land. Do you think Mitch Trubisky... How much of this? How much of this season? We've talked about the defense. We talked about Nagy, but let's really go back to the quarterback position because the quarterback position is going to be important in this next playoff set. Here, he's going to be facing off some really good teams, some really good quarterbacks. What do you think the ceiling is for Mitch Trubisky? Because I'm a little concerned that his skill set, because he threw some interceptions, I think three to be total, uh, yeah, against yeah. the the Rams. Where do you where do you, where do you think the ceiling of Mitch Trubisky is? Right. So this is a loaded question because you're asking the wrong question. What's the floor of Trubisky? And I'm telling you, it doesn't actually matter because he threw three interceptions, 100 yards, and we mopped the floor with the Rams, who have a great defense. Well, I don't think you're going to no, no, have no, the no, defensive no, performance every week that you had against the Rams. I, I disagree. <laughs> You really believe that the the Rams are going to go into the or excuse me the Bears are going to go into the playoffs and play teams like the Rams or 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 even potentially a team like the Seahawks or the Saints and do it again and again and again. Yeah, we already beat the Seahawks. The Cowboys gave us the blueprint for beating the Saints, and it's basically the same blueprint we used to beat the Rams. And I think we beat the Rams again because we exposed the Rams, which is if you take away the run game, Goff is lost. Sure. But you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not well, gonna get Drew Brees lost. He didn't really get off the ground in that Kansas City game, and he was still able he was still able to make something happen. I I think I think I think the Bears this year are like the Jaguars last year, where they don't they they don't need to score a shit ton of points to beat you because their defense is so damn good that they can they can stop you at every level of the offense, and you just you just don't end up getting off the ground. I mean, if you can ground the most prolific offense, one of the most prolific offenses in the league, like you, like they did on Sunday night. I mean, that's yeah. that's 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 pretty impressive. I see them. I, I don't know. I think they're a little more offensively talented than the Jaguars of last year. Where the Bears I, are? The Bears this year? Yeah, absolutely. they are. They are. Absolutely. The no, they are. Absolutely, they are. One hundred percent. That yeah. there's not even that's not even a question. But I think the similarity is in that they, they don't beat you by hanging fifty on you. They beat you by making sure that you don't put up more than six on a yeah, board. Yeah, but, but what we saw, but what we saw last year is that the Jaguars lost because of Blake Bortles and that and that offense not putting enough points. Eventually, they're going to run out of. Steam. My question to Saunders is, and I understand he's a Chicago Bears fan, but but the point is, is with Mitchell Trubisky, with Mitchell Trubisky, I think eventually you're going to run up against an uh, an immovable object in the in, in a team like the Saints, and I, I'd be very curious what Mitch Trubisky offers you in the future to to to, to handle these and, and score points. Well, so as a Lions fan, you're not accustomed to this, but the Bears can put 50 points on the board, and we've done it. Yeah, against the Buccaneers. Against, against shitty teams. You're not going to face the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Saunders, before we go on to the weekly pick'em, I... No, no, wait, wait, wait. 
what's the one team? What what's the first team that the the New Orleans Saints lost to? Yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, well, oh, the first okay. week so, of the season though, and they put up forty points. Lost to the Buccaneers. They yeah. put up forty points. Who'd you lose to in week one? Demonstrated last night. <laughs> the Bears demonstrated last night that they can beat anybody in this league. I will say, uh, our Tuesday show covered that this this year especially, we do not know one single team out there that you can pin and say this team is going to the Super Bowl. Any team can beat any team. This this playoffs is going to be a wonderful, wonderful matchup selection playoffs. Two more questions for you, Saunders. The first one is, Chicago is going to be in the playoffs. What is the one team that scares you the most on your way to the Super Bowl? None of them. You jackass. All right, fine. Fine. None of these teams no, scare your no, Chicago you, Bears you, piece you of shit you team. Tell me, you tell me which NFC, which of the five, what, the Vikings? No. Good Lord. The Seahawks? Yeah. Are yes, I would be worried about the Seahawks. Well, no, the team that's going to worry me the most is if you have to go to Dallas or if you have to go to New Orleans. I think those are two well, tough games for your Dallas team. Is gonna, Dallas is the four seed. They're not going to get any higher, and so they're going to come to us, if anything. Who... I'll turn the question around. Who, in your vaunted mind, who in the NFC can come to Chicago in the divisional or in the wild card round and win? Seattle. No. No. Yeah, I think Seattle and you are the same team. I think you have great 100%. defense, a good rushing offense, and a smart, a smart play caller. Fight fire with fire. We're the three seed. Seattle's not going to come to us. Oh, you just asked me the question. I answered it. Second question, Chris, because I'm done with you talking about the Bears. This is a serious question. I want you to be serious about this. I know you get your your best case scenario is a Super Bowl, right? But it, what is the worst case scenario? The one that you will, if they, if this happens to them in the playoffs, you will actually be disappointed in this season. Or is the them making the playoffs period enough for you to say this was a great season? Period. It's a it's a great season. That's what I, that's what I figured as much because I mean to go from where you were to come into the playoffs, win the North. Eric Nagy doing everything he did. Mitch Trubisky, yeah. granted, he can only throw to his first read, but he is doing exactly what he needs to do to win these games. And your defense is going to be good for a long, long time. But let's start to pick some of these games in the next section, the weekly pick them. Saunders, we have had a couple of hosts this year uh, pick all the games on the slate, and two of them are tied right now with the best record so far. They went 11-5 and five both weeks, Big Ben Fink and Alex Alchase. So your job right now is to uh, defend your Chicago Bears crown and try to go 11-5 and five or better with these 16 games. You think you can do it? Sure. Okay, great. So let's, let's take a quick break and go to the weekly pick them. All right, and we are back. The f- second to last week of the weekly pick'em. The second, uh, we have three full weeks remaining, but this is the second to last week. You're going to get the pick'em from us, and it is it is close, fellas. It is close. We all went nine and seven last week. Brian is in third place right now, one twenty one and eighty five. I am in second place, one twenty three and eighty three. Dangles leading at one twenty four and eighty two. Three games separate us with three weeks of full games remaining. Saunders is here trying to catch up to. An 11 and 5 record set by two guest hosts. He's feeling that Chicago Bears fire, so let's he'll probably go 16 and 0 and make me even more miserable. But first, we have to start with the slate. Uh, there's a game we've already picked, so we're hitting it Saunders first. Brian, why don't you give him the rundown? All right, we got the Thursday game, Saunders, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. 10 and 3 at 11 and 2, Saunders. Who you got? It's the Chargers. Yeah, Ooh. why do you pick the Chargers, my friend? Because I think the Chargers are the most criminally underrated team in the AFC that no one sees coming, even though I think after this week they're the number one seed. I think so, too. Uh, so I know you're going to pick the Bears to be in the Super Bowl. Who do you think wins the AFC to match meet your Bears in the Super Bowl? I'd like to see the Chiefs because I just want to see Nagy face uh, Reed. That'd be fun. That, that would, would be, be fun. fun. That'd be sexy. All uh, right, let's move on. We have two Saturday night games. Two Saturday night games. So let's do those two next. Next, we've got the Houston Texans at 9-4 and four against the New York Jets at 4-9. and nine. Jets haven't given up. Yeah, uh, give me Houston. Oh, uh, well, I'm just saying, the Jets have not forget, given up. Forget the Jets. The Houston, Houston is, I mean, yeah, they, they, their winning streak came to an end, but I think I think they win this game. No, the Jets haven't given up, but they're terrible on offense. I'm pretty sure Isaiah Crowell got hurt and left the game. Yeah. So uh, they're down to, like, their third or fourth string running back now yeah. uh, there and they, they're on a pass game where they're, they're already sort of alternating quarterbacks between McCown and Darnold. I think this team is kind of hanging it up for the year. I do want to see more of Sam Darnold. I like him out there, but I'm picking Houston as well. Brian? I'll pick Houston as well. All right, Saunders. Somewhere, uh, Josh McCown is 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 sacrificing each of his game checks to Mark Trestman, but even he <laughs> after this has to be uh, you know questioning his life choices. I'll take the Texans. 
Okay, <laughs> moving on. What's next? Saturday night again. Next, we've got the 5-7-1 Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos 6-7. and seven. I truly think, I truly think, I love Denver. Uh, I've said this a million times in this podcast. I love Denver. I just think losing Emmanuel Sanders, losing uh, uh, Chris Harris Jr., losing all the people you've lost, all those pieces that you've lost, I don't think there's enough to bring into town with this dangerous team in the Browns. I really think Baker Mayfield goes into Denver. Oh, man, this is tough to say because Denver's a tough place to play, but I think Cleveland goes into Denver and steals one. I am making an upset pick. I am picking the Browns. Dangles? Ooh, uh, I don't know. I'm going to defer on this one. Saunders? As Greg Williams will soon be fighting with Mike McCarthy over stale donuts, uh, <laughs> I think the players show up for Greg Williams because they really don't want McCarthy, and the Browns walk away. Okay, we got a Cleveland pick for Saunders. Brian? I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I think the Denver Broncos still have a little bit left in their tank. I don't have a lot of faith in Case Keenum, but the Cleveland Browns are not really a full-running team at the moment, and I think Philip Lindsay goes off on this Cleveland Browns defense. Yeah, that's the part that scares me, that and it being in mile high. And I, uh, Dangles, you're the only one left. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to go Denver here. Why not? Let's make it a let's make it an even split. Oh, uh, come on, pick Browns. Team. Don't screw me in this All pick Browns. All right, we got the start of the Sunday, December 16th games. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers right. at five seven and one, and the Chicago Bears, your Chicago Bears. All right, Bears Brian. Let's you and I and talk. Four. Let's you and I talk about this game because okay. we already know how these two are going to pick. I think what's fascinating about this game is you still have a Green Bay Packers team who who is effectively still in this in this playoff in the hunt. hunt. And I think Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. The question will be, will Aaron Jones get the ball? Will Aaron Jones find a way to be dynamic in this pa- in this passing and rushing attack to make the Chicago Bears defense even s- remotely, remotely interested in playing rush defense? Mm-hmm. So my question to you, Dangles, is do you have any faith in the Green Bay Packers causing enough turmoil on the offensive side of the ball against the Chicago Bears to make this game interesting? From a defensive standpoint, I'm I'm honestly I'm honestly not sure. Um, I also, but then again, you know, I, I, I you don't believe in Brashad Breland. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also don't necessarily, at least over the last couple of weeks, believe that much in the bears running game. Uh, They haven't been able to get off the ground very well. Maybe Saunders can convince me otherwise, but, um, I mean, I think, I think the the, the offense kind of becomes one dimensional when you look at it that way. It's Saunders or it's uh, a Trubisky running the ball and, and, you know, whoever they can get the hmm. ball to. I'll I'll wait my turn, but that offense is the definition of one dimensional. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Chris will probably just agree with me on that but i i i i, I, I think yeah I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the bears here i'm gonna go with the bears as well and i want to highlight one person that i think is going to make a difference and you're going to see this guy's name if you haven't already especially throughout the playoffs because i think he's going to come in handy i think leonard floyd is showing up as probably one of the players that will be the next tier of great players, uh, defensively speaking, in the NFL. He came in as highly rated at the number 9 uh, overall pick out of Georgia in the 2016 draft. He's gone kind of under the radar with withholding anybody who's a Chicago Bears fan, but he, he's going to come into this game, and I think he's going to give uh, Aaron Rodgers a big fit, and I think the Chicago Bears come out with a win. Saunders? Well, Floyd Floyd's interesting because he's been injured so many times. Absolutely. That- it's like he's fine. Even this year, he started with a broken hand. So we're finally starting to see what he, you know, might do. And the, and the beauty of, of our defense is that, you know, with, with Mac and now Roquan Smith and everybody, it's like Floyd is a luxury. It's, it's kind of nice. Absolutely. Uh, running, game, running game, yeah. Jordan Howard's the wrong runner for this team. But we don't care. We're going to hand it off to Akeem Hicks. We're going to throw it to our, our backup offensive tackle. It doesn't matter. Tariq Cohen is amazing, and Jordan Howard got 101 yards against the Rams. Who are you picking? Fine. Well, let's see. I'm not sure. The the, the Green Bay Packers, after all, are uh, an incredible powerhouse of just dynamic offense. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really torn on this one. I think the Bears are going to win. I'm not sure. It's going to be close. I think the Bears might only win by 60 but uh, it's it's up in the air. It could go either way. You know, are, is the NFL going to give Joe Philbin more than two challenges? 
And do you think he makes it two minutes into the game today versus <laughs> a minute and a half? It's we're losing all those challenges. It's definitely an interesting uh, uh, X factor in this game, the Joe Philbin effect. But I will say this game is a tale as old as time. The NFC North champion is facing the plucky rival, hoping to to spoil a few a few games in the end, and they come in and then they upset that NFC North team that's looking towards the playoffs and isn't paying attention to their little brother rival. Except this time, the roles have been reversed, and Chicago is heading to the playoffs and Green Bay's sitting there ready to stab him in the back if they overlook him. And I'm telling you right now, I'm putting all the money I own on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers coming into Chicago and beating your team. This is not just the fans saying it, but Aaron Rodgers does one thing and one thing only, and that's ruin the hopes and dreams of Chicago Bears fans. And if you think that ends today because Mike McCarthy ain't there, you're an idiot. Joe, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Philbin, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, they're going to beat your team, Saunders, and I cannot wait to have you on next week to lick your wounds, you dumbass Bears fan. Let's move on. <laughs> Did they even have challenge? All the players. Tony just named all the players that will actually still be on the team next year. Bravo. <laughs> Did they have challenge flags when uh, Joe Philbin was coached last? <laughs> yes. He might have just been so itching to throw a red challenge flag that he he sort of he sort of uh, Listen, uh, uh, finished prematurely before the first quarter could end. I wonder if they'll be able to legislate extra flags for him in the Listen, middle of a game. Uh, uh, the, 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 the week one game. The week one game between these two teams showed a lot of things. It showed that Matt Nagy's it offense. That you give up on your team in the first half when they're down 23 points. No, when Aaron Rodgers <laughs> dies, absolutely I'm going to give up on them because Devontae, whatever his name is, my backup quarterback can't do shit. Of course I'm going to give up on them. <laughs> Brett Hundley? No, not him anymore. So, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser. <laughs> when you see Nagy's offense for the first time, they're going to fool the shit out of you. But when the tape is out there, it is shown now that you can stop the run on Jordan Howard and you can stop Mitch Trubisky. He just looks at one pass. He just looks at his first First option and then looks to sprint away. So the Green Bay is going to have the plan to beat this team. I guarantee you. Okay. Next, we've got the 5-8 and eight Detroit Lions at the Buffalo Bills 4-9. and nine. Well, this, this game means nothing to the NFL, but it means a lot to us in the pick'em. Saunders, go first. Uh, it's the toilet bowl. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with the Lions. Whoa. Detroit Lions. Why do you say that, Saunders? Because the Lions are cruel enough just to give their fans an inkling of hope and to get you a slightly worse draft pick for an utterly meaningless game. Does make sense. Nailed it. Does make sense. I'm picking Buffalo because I think Buffalo likes to fight for their team, and I'm not sure Detroit does. Arizona, I don't know what happened in that game, but Detroit definitely didn't win that game as much as Arizona lost it. I'm going with Buffalo. What do you two say? I think I'm probably going to have to go get my head examined because I, th- I think I've picked the Bills the last like four or five weeks straight to yeah. win. Uh, playing an indoor team at home in Buffalo in December, I don't feel like that bodes well for the Lions. I'm definitely picking the Bills. I'm going to pick uh, the Detroit Lions because, as Saunders pointed out, they are oh so good at ruining their chances of getting a higher draft pick. And I said that last week. You, you know, Tony, you picked the Cardinals. I told you don't do it because that, that is that is the recipe for success <laughs> for, for the Detroit Lions as an organization. I, th- I still think they're going to do it. The uh, Buffalo Bills, 31st-ranked offense. I it, Surprisingly, this is a real stat. The Detroit Lions have the 12th-ranked defense. Think about that. Twelfth range. No how, how does that happen? Makes no uh, sense. I, I think the Detroit Lions find a way to Someone win. Someone fell asleep on the keyboard at NFL.com. Matt, right. it, it's a it's a stat that shows me Matt Patricia might be okay. Might be okay. okay. But that is but that's just hopeful thinking. Uh, next, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five and eight against the Baltimore Ravens at seven and six. This is going to be an interesting game because Tampa Bay's defense stinks. Oh, just give me Baltimore right now. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Just I, give me Baltimore. I, right I'm trying now. to talk myself into Tampa Bay because nah. Jameis and that passing offense can do really well. I just don't think Baltimore's defense gives a shit. I so, think Baltimore wins. They're the only, the only, they're, they're the old, sorry to interrupt, Matt. They're the only constant. We've talked about what's the constant in this league. The Baltimore Ravens have been the only constant defense in this entire season. Even those Chicago Bears, who have a vaunted, amazing defense, can't can't say they've done what the Baltimore Ravens done. Have done the whole season and kept this team alive with Fuck Joe Flacco. Dangles, what do you pick? Well, here's my question. How does Lamar Jackson fit into this offense when Joe Flacco comes back? Because I think he's, he's made, back. He's made he's too, back. He ain't playing. He's made too much of a contribution 
not to find at least somewhat of a role, I think, going forward in this offense. Lamar Jackson has. Yeah, Flacco's going to be the Buffalo Bills quarterback. I don't know. Flacco ain't playing in Baltimore well, anymore. Well, no, I read, I, read, I read today that Harbaugh said that if Flacco's too good not to have in the game, that if he's able to play, they're going to play him. Oh. So, so, but, 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 but because of what we've seen over the last, especially last week from, from Lamar Jackson, I don't think you can overlook him in this offense anymore. So the question is, if Joe Flacco is healthy, is this team that ha- is this a team that has Joe Flacco out there on passing downs to be a pocket passer and Lamar Jackson out there on first and second would, or you know something like that to run the ball or be a question mark? It would be something. It's an old adage. If you have two starting quarterbacks, that means you do not have a starting quarterback. Exa- and it's true. although Dangles, I could foresee it in this crazy year working. I could foresee it working. If you run enough tricks, it might work. Look at Kansas City, Chicago, all these offenses. It's all about trickery. It's the all only about, way. It's all about sleight I'm of calling, hand. I'm, you know what? I'm going to pick the Ravens. I'm calling a Buccaneers quarterback switch in the middle of this game. God I think I think it's about time for Jameis Winston to fall off the face of the earth and for Ryan Fitzpatrick to kind of come back in. We've hit the end of that Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle where he's coming back around now uh, to being a starter again, and he'll fall into a job, and then he'll eventually suck and get benched, and then it'll just start all over again. The only way that Joe Flacco comes back is if if uh, Lamar Jackson has has a, a bad day. A I think that's the only. Saunders, what do you think? Well, because they're going to get switched to Fitz Magic halfway through, the Buccaneers are going to win. Ooh, the Tampa Bay upset. I think I think the Ravens are in the driver's seat for the wild card, and they're going to overlook the Buccaneers, who are still mathematically alive. Yep. And they're fighting for Cutter's job. Yep. And I think Jameis is a complete load of shit. And Fitzmagic is hitting the end of that cycle so that he will get a giant contract extension probably in, oh, God, let's see, uh, the Jets. Or, no, no, they already, they already jumped. I was going to say, it'll have to be a team he hasn't played for yet, so there might be only two or three left. I was going to say, the harder part is finding Cincinnati. a team he hasn't played that's for. That's right, that's right. No, no, no I, think, I think he's going to go to the Niners after Garoppolo goes down in okay. preseason. All right. <laughs> okay, Tony, moving you, on. you went, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah, I picked all uh, the coasters picked Baltimore. The Bears fan picked Tampa Bay. All right, next we've got the three and ten Arizona Cardinals at the four and nine Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Jeez, who um, wants it less? Huh? Uh, I'll, I'll take Atlanta. I'll here. take Atlanta too. It's a home home victory, I think. Well, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you guys. They're going to pick the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Son, as you got off that Arizona bandwagon that didn't work out so well for you last week. Seeing that the seeing that the only team the Cardinals can beat is the the vaunted Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay Packers at home. In December, so I will. Uh, I will not take them, and I'll take Atlanta. Okay, fair enough. Hey, right. I can't thank the Cardinals enough. Got me rid of McCarthy. Oh boy. Uh, next, we've got the Oakland Raiders three and ten at the Cincinnati Bengals five and eight. Yuck. I love the. I love how fast the Cincinnati Bengals have fallen. Nothing makes me happier than that four and one team I called as jokers now being five and nine. Uh, Oakland somehow keeps trying, even though Oakland should just tank and get the first overall pick. Uh, uh, I don't think Driscoll wins this game. I think Oakland does it again. I, I think, think Oakland, Oakland contends and wins. I think as long as Jeff Driscoll's playing, I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals really have a good shot at winning any of these games. I'm going to go with Oakland Raiders. Really, not a single, not a single shot. He kept they kept him in that in that game against the Chargers. I, I think the Chargers. Took a back seat and and kind of just let themselves try to find you know just yeah just they do, coasted they just coasted to, if you watch that game they literally just you know the highlights they were just literally just kind well, of well in case in case you've forgotten the Raiders are like little balsa wood men that have been set up and painted in black and gold they stink just as badly as the Bengals do I'm picking Cincinnati Cincinnati for Dangles uh, what do we got here Saunders well we've got like the 17th Chucky movie versus, you know, the Bengals' ownership who's finally going to give up and say, you know what, Marvin Lewis, those naked pictures you have of us are not enough. We're going to fire you and risk it. So the Bengals, I think, are the worst team in the NFL. And uh, I agree. Go go, Bride of Chucky or Son of Chucky or Spawn of Chucky, whatever the 17th Chucky movie is. All right, next we've got the 7-6 and six Tennessee Titans at the 5-8 and eight New York Giants. Uh, interesting game. We we kind of talked about this, about this game on the Tuesday show. I will reiterate that I think the New York Giants are a better football team than the Tennessee Titans. Records be damned. I think the Giants just have more firepower. They have more playmakers. I think the Giants score too many points in this game and win it outright. I'm going to go with the uh, Tennessee Titans. I think the Tennessee Titans are still sticking uh, to their guns, and I think they're going to try to find a way to get into this playoffs. Saunders? Uh, I'm going to disappoint Alex Alche and say the Giants are going to win. Uh, I think the Giants are way better than their 5-8 and eight record suggests, mm-hmm. and they're starting to wake up, and 
I actually think they might finish eight and eight and contend next year. Saunders, uh, outside opinions, we've been talking about it enough. Eli Manning is he the quarterback of the New York Giants next year? Absolutely not, but they're going to bring him back anyways. <laughs> Probably uh, so. I'm picking the Giants to win this. All right. Brian on alone Tuesday on show. the Titans. I'll take it. Next, we've got the Miami Dolphins after the fantastic <laughs> Miami miracle. Uh, the 7-6 and six Miami Dolphins versus the 6-6-1 six, six and one Minnesota Vikings. Saunders, let's start with you. Oh, I'm going to go to the Dolphins all day long for Rich and my buddy Sam. I think the Dolphins are, again, an underrated team. They survived the, the Brock Lobster and uh, now they're going to you know, sneak into the playoffs because the Ravens are choke artists. I think I agree with you. Somehow, some way. I don't agree that they're underrated. I don't agree that they survived anything. I think Miami stinks. I just think Minnesota is a combustible team. I think Minnesota, there was a lot of feuding going on during that Seattle game on Monday Night Football. I just don't think that team has the willpower to successfully end these final three games of the season. I think they give up a joke game against Miami, and I think... I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the Dolphins beat Minnesota in Minnesota. I think the Minnesota Vikings win this game at home because the Miami Dolphins, if anything, have proven that they are a terrible road team. They're a terrible team. No, they're (laughs) 4-1 at home. Yeah. They are a terrible road team. And I think the Minnesota Vikings still have a lot to prove, and I think people like Stefan Diggs uh, are, are going to pull the pull this team together in the locker room, and I think they're going to get people uh, with a fire under their ass to, to to win some games and 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 get that seventy percent chance of getting in the playoffs and 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 win this game this week. Dangles. I know I said the Dolphins when we talked on Tuesday, but I've had the chance to ruminate on my decision, and I think I'm going to pick Minnesota. Yeah, I, I Saunders. Who you got, buddy? He already picked Miami. All right, never mind, Saunders. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, next, we've got the Washington Redskins 6-7 and seven at the Jacksonville Jaguars 4-9. and nine. I'm picking the Jaguars because Josh Johnson will not win an NFL yeah, game Jackson, in the year 2018. Give me Jacksonville. Saunders, I'll let you go first. Uh, Washington's defense, uh, they might allow the – is Blake Bortles back at quarterback or is it still the Kessler? Kessler. No, the Blake Bortles era is officially over in Jacksonville. Oh, man, I was going to say Blake Bortles could score 70 points. but I, There's I still... a team that could use Joe Flacco, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, yeah. No, I, it's Kessler is going to win. The Washington's not going to win another game. I'm going to go with Jacksonville because I think Leonard Fournette's going to find a way to make this happen for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars just in time for uh, it not to matter on my fantasy football team. Uh, <laughs> next, we've got the uh, Dallas Cowboys 8-5, and five, surging Dallas Cowboys 8-5 and five against the Indianapolis Colts who came off a big win, upping their record to 7-6 and six against is, the Houston Texans. This is a good game because it's a really good offense against a really good defense, and it, the question is who's going who's gonna to bend? Amari Cooper. Woo. Golly. Woo. He, we, was clearly we the missing, he was clearly the missing piece in Dallas. They have been <laughs> unstoppable since he joined that team. Unbelievable. Changed the whole dynamic of the team. Three touchdowns, 190 yards. The first receiver in NFL history to have three receiving touchdowns that gave his team the lead in the fourth quarter and overtime. Three of them. Uh, that being said, I'm, I've been high on both of these teams, but I think Andrew Luck beats Dak Prescott. I'm going with Indianapolis. I think they figure out how to get past these linebackers and pick on the two safeties of Dallas, and I think uh, I think T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron have a big game. I'm going with Indy. I think this game is going to be the Indianapolis Colts for one reason, and that's because their defense. Their defense is now the 11th-ranked defense in the league, and, yep. and if just to refresh everybody's memory, the defense for the Indianapolis Colts was bottom 20, like probably 25, 26 ranked in the in the league leading up to like week eight nine this team has somehow found a way to play defense and they did such a good job against houston and remember houston is kind of built like dallas in, yes. in, 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 in a lot of different ways um i and if, and if anything i'd say the houston Texans have a better wide receiving core so i'm going to pick the annapolis colts at home uh against the dallas cowboys indeed indy has dvoa the fourth rush defense overall against ezekiel it's gonna be an interesting matchup i don't Dangles. think it's, i don't think it's gonna matter i think he eats their cereal for breakfast i think uh, the dallas cowboys win this one i think he is the X factor, and I think he goes off. There is a lot of differences in the left coast is Pickham Saunders. If it wasn't for uh, Matt Nagy, I think Frank Reich would win Coach of the Year. I agree with you. That is a great point. I think the Cowboys are the division leaders of the absolute worst division in football, and mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys suck. I'm going to go with Indianapolis. Andrew Luck is going to light them up. Mm. I think he's the comeback player of the year. Easily, oh, yeah. Uh, next, we've got the start of the afternoon games that are. Uh, Those are a lot of good morning. Well, games. Great morning games, great morning games, and they uh, they get even better. Next, we've got the Seattle Seahawks eight and five against the San Francisco 49ers, three and ten. Seattle, I think yeah, we go Seattle. I think so too. Even in a revenge game for Richard Sherman. Go ahead, Saunders. 
<laughs> Wait, sorry, is this a question? It's Seattle. All right, great. Next, we've got the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, nine and four coming off a weird loss. Weird oh, loss. Boy. Weird, weird loss. It was a big game. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers at 7-5-1. Also, another weird loss against the Oakland Raiders. Neither of these teams' past four games have been anything normalized of uh, these two teams. No. I think no. it's worth putting an asterisk, though, before, for everybody who's who's out there who might have been following every team. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, they lost Ben Roethlisberger for almost two quarters. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. a rib injury, and and he came back fourth quarter to, to try to surge uh, against the Oakland Raiders, uh, and obviously not so much. But uh, that's worth noting in these in these pickups. I know Dangles is itching to get all, all this stuff off of his chest because he correctly picked Miami to beat his New England Patriots. He did. He did. He's he, been gloating the, about it for five idiots, days. And these two idiots in the other. I know it's the only time I feel like I've been Tip able to hat. gloat about a, about a loss. And these two idiots on the other side of the glass went, "Hmm." The Patriots fan says the Dolphins are really tough to beat in Miami. I'm gonna pick the Patriots. Tip of the hat. Good job, gentlemen. No, seriously, this is this is look. This is what happens all the time, uh, all the time with the Patriots. Brady's now seven and ten for his career when playing in Miami. In his last six games, he's one and five in Miami. He's fifteen and one against them at Gillette. In that lone loss, he only played a quarter before Matt Castle came in. The Patriots have won ten in a row against Miami and Foxborough by an average of a three touchdown margin. Well, uh, that <laughs> brings us to this week. Where they play in Pittsburgh? That's correct. And uh, where they win where this I game. think Tom Brady has never lost. No, and they win this, and they continue to win this That's... game. History is generally, and I hope you guys are learning this now, a pretty good predictor with the Patriots. If it's happened in the past, it's likely to happen again. Uh huh. I'm picking the Patriots to win. Uh huh. Dangles, I'm picking the Patriots as well. Although I disagree completely on your history thing because New England uh, doubled the amount of yardage against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins needed a hook and ladder play to even come close. Tom Brady, at the end of the first half against that Dolphins game, forgot he didn't have any timeouts, took a sack instead of trying to throw the ball away. Would have given him three points. Would have won them the game by two scores against Miami. Uh, goof of a game. A goof. Would have could have Those are little throw decisions that Belichick needs to throw be making that he didn't. Uh, New England wins. D- Dangles has New England. Brian. New England, New England at Pittsburgh. New, New England. England. Saunders. Well, Mike Tomlin is the uh, the Mike McCarthy of the AFC. Wow. Uh, and I think that uh, Belichick and Brady in 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 revenge games they're they're mad. They're pissed. Yeah. And this is this is going to be this is going to be a laugher. Really, not even close. No, not even close. Unless Tomlin trips another player on the sidelines, uh, it's it's not going to be close. All right, moving on. All right, next we've got the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the, by the way, for everybody who's uh, counting at home, this is the Sunday night game. The Philadelphia Eagles at 6-7 and seven against the Los Angeles Rams, 11 Another primetime slot for the LA Rams. This gonna, is I, the game last year where Carson Wentz came in, having an MVP season, and, and then left, left the game forever. Nick Foles came in. Didn't matter. They won a Super Bowl. I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Rams because I think the Los Angeles Rams here are going to Bounce back after uh, obviously a, a uh, deserving loss to the better team, but I think the Los Angeles Rams are going to have to show, and I think the Philadelphia Eagles are susceptible to this, that they are a much better offense than what they showed last week, and that they can beat the middling level teams who are just barely trying to get into the playoffs and uh, and and secure their 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 righteousness on the top of the NFC uh, uh, heap. I think the Rams need to figure out what happened to uh, the decisions to not give Todd Gurley the ball as much as they were in the beginning of the season. Maybe, maybe they're saving him for the playoffs, but this is the type of game where I think if you're not ready to play, Philly could easily come in and win this game. I think the Rams need to strap up and not overlook this uh, uh, middle-of-the-road Philadelphia team. Carson Wentz can put it together real fast and I think has a chance, but I'm picking the Rams. Dangles? I am picking the Rams as well. Saunders? Rams. Okay. Very nice. Now we've got the Monday night football game, the New Orleans Saints, who are sitting pretty at 11-2 and against the Carolina Panthers, who are 6-7. and Is there any chance Carolina snaps out of their five-game sure. losing totally. streak? Yeah, For absolutely. sure. This is the NFL. Anything can happen. But absolutely. I think, but I think Drew Brees and this team knows when they've got their foot on the on the throat of, of another team, and I think the Carolina Panthers are probably the most disappointing team in the NFL this season. Absolutely. When we were talking, we've been talking about who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to make the playoffs. We had Carolina. We had a discussion about the November or October Friskies, I think. We said Carolina's good. They're going to be in the playoffs. Don't worry about Carolina. We don't got to talk about them. Carolina lost five straight, six and seven, on the outside looking in on this wild card stance. I don't think there's a chance in hell Carolina wins this game. People, I think New Orleans kills them. I think people people who are sitting here pointing the finger at Cam Newton, deservedly so, but I, I think more people should be pointing the finger at this defense. 
and Se- Ron Rivera. 17th overall. That is not good enough not if with you that have many Luke playmakers. Yeah. There, there's just no excuse for that. Uh, you picking New Orleans, Brian? Yes, sir. I'm picking New Orleans. Dangles? Did, uh, I'm, I think I'm picking New Orleans. Did they? Do you, do you know if they uh, forced a turnover in that pass game? Because it's been like games since that Carolina defense has gotten turnover of some sort. You just can't, And that's just not sustainable. You need to force turnovers in this league if you're going to give yourself opportunities to score. It's that simple. Uh, Saunders? This is in Carolina, right? Yes. Um... I'm going to go with the Panthers. Okay, going on a limb there. I like it. What, what about the Panthers no, it, at home? It's a divisional game. Uh, divisional games are always tough. Mm-hmm. And Panthers, have just they've just sucked. Greg Olson's out for the year again. Uh, Rivera is on the hot seat, or if he isn't on the hot seat, he should be on the hot seat. And and the, the wonderful thing about the Panthers, even if they've lost a billion games in a row, they're what, six and seven? They're a half game out of the wild card because the Minnesota Vikings suck. Yep. Yeah. Because the rest of the NFC just sucks. And I think it's a trap game for New Orleans, who overjoyed that they're now the first seed. Uh, I think that uh, Rivera comes out to play, going to his guys saying, look, we can win out, we can get in the playoffs. I'm sick and tired of picking Carolina to win and just being disappointed every Sunday. So I feel you, Saunders. I'm just over the Panthers. And that's it for the Week 15 Pick'em. That is it for the guest Pick'em section by Christopher Saunders, thank you for joining us, buddy. Anytime. Thank you, indeed. And before before we let you go, can I leave you with this one very fun stat? The combined weight of all 11 Bears players on Mitchell Trubisky's two-yard touchdown pass to offensive tackle Bradley... pounds. That's correct. 3,288 pounds, nerd. Congratulations. <laughs> you off the top of your head. <laughs> it's the heaviest play since Chiefs' Dontari Poe's TD pass in 2016, which was 3,300 pounds. Yes. That's a ton and a half for those of you at home who are keeping track. It amazing. Yeah, the Bears stink. Very Bears-esque. The Bears stink. And that is it for the right. Left the left Coasters podcast. <laughs> Turn Mute Saunders. I'm done listening to him. That's it for Tony Cavallo, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in week 16 with a Tuesday and a Thursday show. And then week 17, we will have the Christmas special. Please come on in. It's going to be a doozy of a show. Listen to that Christmas special. But that's it. A lot of differences in this week's Pick'em. We're going to have a much different outlook in the season-long standings again only three games separate the three hosts, and Saunders is trying to get better than 11-5 and five with his stupid, shitty bears against my wonderful, pretty, gorgeous-looking Green Bay Packers. That is it. Left Coast's podcast. Let's leave it with a hearty ram it. Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!